Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast. Today we're taking a look back at uh, Northern Ireland's 2-0 defeat to Germany in the European Championship qualifiers on Monday night. My name's Andy Bell. I'm joined by Luke Niblock and just to get straight into it, Luke, um, it's one of those games, one of those performances where if Connor Washington takes that chance just before halftime, we could be talking about one of the great Northern Ireland results and performances. I think definitely. I mean, to me, that was one of the best performances I've seen from Northern Ireland in a long time. And I know some people are going to look at it from the outside who haven't seen the game and, and be like, oh, that's a comfortable result for Germany, a good away result for them. But we really, I mean, we had a compact shape. And like you said, if Washington took those chances, it could have been an, an historic night for us. Yeah, it's just a classic game. We rue your missed chances. And when you're playing against Germany, you just have to take those. I think that's exactly it. I mean, and the difference you saw was from from three yards out, our striker couldn't put the ball in just before half time, and then just after half time, their sub left wing back, you know, just scored one of the best, yeah. you know, not one of the best goals I've ever seen, <laughs> but the strike was just incredible. It's perfect get, just strike. The, the technique to get over that to volley that Billy Peacock Farrell just had absolutely no chance, no. and that's just sometimes the difference in that is the difference in quality when yeah, we play absolutely. these nations, yeah. and you know all that all that hard work of the first half was undone in one moment of quality yeah. from them, and from then on it was quite difficult for us. Mm. But I thought, like, yeah, I completely agree with you in terms of like that first half, the press and the approach. I mean, we've always said that uh, we've always said that in these games we want Michael to be a bit more positive to sort of be a bit more attacking try and nick the ball off them have a way of like scoring a goal rather than just the only tactic being yeah. containment and then just hoofing the ball up to mm-hmm. Lafferty and McGuinness who might hold it up for a bit and give us a bit of respite and I thought you saw that in that first half I mean the energy levels especially from just from like everyone it was just yeah. like a whole team press or were the left back the right back would get it and there'd be four men on them every time and yeah. we're forcing like, world class ballers like Chris Kimmick into into mistakes and you saw that like with the first chance like I I couldn't believe what I was seeing and the guy sitting beside me was just absolutely shocked he was just like like, we're dominating this game that first half we dominated we did I think we mentioned on the podcast didn't we we talked about Tony Crows especially like we talked about these guys if you really squeeze them you can you can stop from playing because these guys are the tempo setters for the match and you know when you when you have the attack led by Connor Washington you get you know the front man he's leading the way with the press you know we know Connor Washington is going to work so hard up front by himself like that you know he will work like tirelessly and so he leads the press others will see that and others just naturally follow even when they're knackered they'll still do it because they see Washington just goes until minute 90 he will just keep going obviously I know he sometimes gets withdrawn a bit earlier but I just love seeing Washington on that side doing things like that and we'll obviously talk more about Washington but I thought despite you know the misses he actually played quite well up front I really do we will come on to talk about Connor Washington a bit later because there's a bit of dispute understandably because it was two pretty bad chances yeah. but there is a bit of dispute as to whether he played well or not I think he did but we will come on to talk about that um, the thing I, I said coming out of the ground and like to take to take another example uh, when we came out of that match against Switzerland in the World Cup playoff last year uh, I was ne- like I'm not afraid to say it I was like nearly in tears coming out of Windsor mm-hmm. Park and yes it was because that game was a bigger magnitude like obviously we still have chances to qualify for this tournament it was a World Cup match but it was mainly because just the performance and the approach against Switzerland, like we didn't do ourselves justice. And it was a bit like, you know, if we had just approached that in a different way, had a bit of a more positive lineup, taken the game to him a little bit more at home, made it a bit more awkward for them, you know, we could have potentially found ourselves in a World Cup. I walked out of that ground last night, upbeat. I was thinking, you know, that was, you know, really done ourselves justice there. I'm proud of this team that, you know, there's a gap in quality here and we've tried to level that out and bridge it as much as we can. Yeah. Uh, and like, for me, that that was just a thing. I, I didn't come out of that ground. Like, I was disappointed at the result, of course. Yeah. And everyone around me was saying, yeah, I'm disappointed at the result, but 
that like that performance there's nothing more you can ask and yeah. on another day we will take that chance and we and we will get a big result like that and it's sort of a good omen for I don't want to talk too much about the next couple of games because we'll be doing preview and review podcasts of, course, of those yeah. but it's a good omen for those and I just hope that Michael sort of sticks with that approach Mm-hmm. To an extent, you know, in those in that game in Holland, which we now need to get something from. Yeah. Now we know that 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 is how we that is how we bring the best version of Northern Ireland out of ourselves. I think yeah. uh, against those bigger teams, and that's how we can make it awkward for them. And I just hope we don't revert back to conservatism, being scared of them. And I hope we just have that sort of ballsy approach for yeah. like, for want of a better word, you know. Yeah, no, true. I think I think you can only give credit to Michael. I think his approach was perfect. I think the personnel was was great. I mean, I think you know, like overloading the midfield in there, you know, playing the likes of Savo and Corey Evans. I think he just got that pretty much spot on. And you have to credit them for being positive. You know, there was a real sense of urgency. And obviously at Windsor, you know, at home to a big team, you're going to get urgency. But the fact there was urgency like throughout the match, I didn't feel like at once we weren't always trying to press and always trying to, you know you get Germany off the ball I thought there was all that constant urgency throughout the game and that's such a positive to take into these next few games where you're going to need that press we're going to need to keep that going mm-hmm. uh, hopefully the guys have it in them you know to keep to keep that intensity up but I've got not I don't think there'll be many Northern Ireland fans coming out of, the, of Windsor last you know on Monday night there thinking you know what was that you know I think they're all going to come out thinking this that was really positive take the positive into the next one because that's all we can do really do you know what I mean no 100% and you met you mentioned there about the the Evans and Savile well let's go on to talk about the lineup because it was a bit of a surprise I mean in terms of back four goalkeeper, as you'd expect, I mean, maybe not with Stuart Dallas, but Dallas came in there and did fairly well. Uh, Evans and Savile. So, like, when I saw that, I really wasn't sure what he was going to do. I know George Savile's played a bit on the left for Middlesbrough at Tony Pulis' side, so I thought maybe, you know, playing on the left-hand side of midfield and a defensive side, maybe that's what he's thinking. So mm. I thought it was going to be Savile on the left and McGinn yeah. on the right. Um, but when the teams came out, it, it became quite clear it was... It was Davis and Savile in in the middle, yeah. um, and Evans was Evan, Evans was sort of like on the right, yeah. but he, but playing as a centre midfielder as well, and yeah. he was sort of he was sort of tasked with the job of okay, so you have to give us something on the right wing, you have to give us an option there, mm-hmm. but you also have to like crowd the midfield because yeah. and I thought that was like a really good tactic from Michael yeah. O'Neill because we know Tony Chris and and Joshua Kimmich are two of, ball playing wise they're two of the best midfielders yeah, in the world 100%. They, those guys can pick a pass from anywhere so yeah. to sort of be able to put any pressure on them and not give them time on the ball I thought it was an absolute masterstroke yeah. from, from Michael because Definitely. he used Evans' energy and you know Corey Evans you saw a couple of guys around me were getting frustrated at Corey Evans during that game because you know we'd pick, he'd pick up the ball on the right and there'd be a, a crossing opportunity and he'd just go back to Dallas or he'd try to find a passing field but for mm-hmm. me you know that's Corey Evans just known as limitations and yeah. I have no problem with that you know yeah. I'd rather somebody knew I'd rather he knew okay my job is to get it and give it and do, give as much energy as I can to this yeah. team he knows he's never going to pick out a ball that's going to drop in between no. Nicholas Sula and Jonathan no. Ta on the Washington's head for us to win 1-0 he knows what he can offer this team and you know, that could be an option for us. You know, Corey Evans on the right wing. If you told me that before, the, like, that, I'd be talking Sounds about that crazy. as an option away to Holland. Yeah. In a game we need to get something from. Yeah. Like, I would have, like, I would yeah. have shudders at yeah, like, yeah, thinking about that, you know. Yeah. And he, st- he did it before. He did it in Bosnia in the, in the Nations League, and it just didn't work. But, yeah. you know, in a game, if we if we are pressing, and I think he'd, he works there with Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, he, if Washington, I saw a couple of times Washington was closing down Neuer, or closing down the centre halves. And like he was already pointing like where the ball was going to go. He's pointing to McGinn and mm. Evans. And Evans was absolutely pelting it out to, yeah. to the wing back and trying to put him under pressure. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I think if you're talking about man of the match, and we will talk about our man of the matches, 
and you've got like the standouts were Billy Peacock Farrell for the saves yeah um, Paddy McNair for and, that yeah, first half performance brilliant. the fullbacks Lewis and Dallas but I think Corey Evans's name should be in yeah. there for Man of the Match yeah, just for what time. he offered us yeah, yeah. I think the, like the one thing I've no- I noticed was like there just seemed to be this kind of cohesion and this understanding of what they had to do there was like the, the, it, it seemed like down the right wing a lot of the times in the game you, you'd see Dallas linking up with whoever was out there with him you know be it Corey or be it you know Gavin White when he came on there was this real understanding between the players and I think that was the most impressive thing to take out of the game like the press was brilliant that's part of the understanding I think the word understanding is key in terms of yeah. our performance there because it just seemed like they all knew exactly what they were doing mm-hmm. and and that's honestly we don't get to say that very often about Northern Ireland because sometimes it can feel like we don't really have too much mm-hmm. of a plan at times in yeah. games like this but I, I mean, I have to just say, fair play to the guys for for that side of the game, one hundred percent. You talk about that press, and like from from that respect, like pressing is a team, is a team thing. Yeah, you can't have one person pressing. Like one person can knock his pan in. You see yeah. it a lot, sort of the striker running all over the place, and mm. then the two wingers aren't doing anything. You oh, see that terrible, in the yeah. Premier League all the time. Yeah, the strikers yeah. just getting so frustrated because yeah. it's so easy if you've if you're a defender and you've an option either side of you and you've your keeper. If there's one person just running at you, you can just knock it off either yeah, side. It's simple, very simple. But if you've four men blocking off your options, putting you under pressure, giving you no time in the ball. Yeah. That's when it becomes really difficult. Yeah. And that is what Northern Ireland did to Germany in that first half. Yeah. And the thing is, you can't do it for 90 minutes. You no. can't keep up that level of energy and pressing for 90 minutes. Yeah. And I sort of knew just before half time, you know, that could have been our reward for that first mm-hmm. half performance. And then second half, we obviously had to drop the energy levels a bit, but we didn't really do that. There was still energy levels in the second half, but you just saw some of the guys' legs were going. Some guys, you know, just weren't as quick to yeah. close down or to spot where the ball was going to go afterwards and as a result I thought, I thought Germany yeah. sort of controlled that second half I think like the key the principal thing you saw from the press was like look at our first chance look at the big chance that went to Washington early in the game that comes from the team press yeah. like that's Kroos no time in the ball yeah. he's trying to play a bit of a Hollywood pass the way Kroos sometimes mm-hmm. would but it's it takes a nick off whoever's pressing I can't it's remember who Corey Evans, Corey Evans yeah. pressing him there you go classic well, example yeah. and we got a guilt edge chance from it that Washington couldn't put away but I think that's how you're going to open these teams up with things like the press you know we're not going to we're not going to play like you know a prime AC Milan and open up Holland and Germany you know things like the press can give you opportunities from yeah. mistakes and that's what we might rely on 100%. in these games and it will just be a chance to take a case of taking those chances we had a chance second half but I mean for 15 minutes in the in the second half uh, or 10 maybe 10 minutes after yeah. Germany's goal I mean they played like vintage Germany oh, yeah. and it could have ended you know that could have been three or four by the end yeah, of that period I mean it was just it was just like scary to watch everything whether it was a corner or whether it was just them coming forward. Yeah. Every time they came forward, they looked like they were going to score. Big time. That was the only 15 minutes of the game where I actually thought Germany were clearly better than us. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I find that hard to disagree with, to be honest with you. That's when I felt a bit uncomfortable. But apart from that, I really did feel like we were holding our own against, I mean, Germany. That's just crazy to me. You know, fair play to the guys. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we'll have to do yeah. uh, if we want to get anything from these next few games. Yeah. But it's just encouraging the way we're playing. And I hope we have ditched the whole ultra-conservative, yeah. for you know, park the bus sort of thing yes park the bus yes be defensive but make sure you're also putting pressure on the defenders Mm -hmm. and you never know you know against against the likes of i don't i've I've said already we don't want to talk too much about holland but um if they don't have obviously the two center halves are very comfortable in the ball but in terms of like their fullbacks i think they play like blint and dumfries or who else like that yeah i mean they're not exactly like these really world-class proven players you know they're a game we can get at those those fullbacks young fullbacks dumfries is very young fullback you know so we can get out players like yeah, that. And and, and the press. What, what I was going to say was like their out ball was Neuer a lot of the time because yeah. you know you can knock the ball back to Neuer and 
there's all these quotes about could Neuer play in like third division <laughs> of Germany in midfield <laughs> like coaches saying this and stuff but like they were just knocking it back to him and you, you yeah. just knew he was never gonna make that oh yeah make that horrendous mistake so you know but for somebody like uh, is it Sillison you know he's not got that same reputation as being so good in the ball as Neuer so you know we could find we could be pressing him and he could just be hoofing it aimlessly yeah. up the field or giving it away I mean yeah he played for Barcelona, so he must yeah, have some sort of football ability. I don't think he got any real minutes for them. Yeah, yeah true. It, was, it was rare that he'd get some appearances. So, I mean, that could play in our favour as mm-hmm. well with someone like that. You so, know? yeah, but that, so that'll be an interesting one we can talk about yeah, before that one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is sort of the, the enigma of Connor Washington. Um, in, <laughs> in, in, that's in the sense that, personally, I I was at the game. You weren't able to get to yeah, this one, so you've yeah. seen it on the TV. So yeah. you've seen just a different, a better angle than me. Yeah. Um, and I looked at our I looked at our group chat after the after the game, and there were a lot of people. Like I was looking back through it, seventieth minute, people were saying, "Oh, how's Washington still on?" And I was actually quite surprised to see that because, okay, if you if we take away the missed chances and in a striker's performance, you can't really do that. But yeah. from the perspective of it, like the unit, the team, I thought like he was pretty good, and I was actually quite annoyed to see him come off. And I know it was probably just because he worked his socks off for yeah, seventy five minutes yeah. or however however long it was. Yeah. Um. But for me, like if his energy levels were the same, I would have kept him on because you know he, he the thing the one thing I would say about Connor Washington is and some people make the fair point that if those chances fell to Kyle Lafferty or Josh McGuinness, they probably, probably would have taken them, it. Yeah. But also we wouldn't have created those chances and we wouldn't have been able to play in a way that created those chances yeah. without the running yeah. and the pressure of Connor Washington. How do you think he played as somebody who watched that from a better angle than me? I mean, I was watching Washington and just thinking, hey, this guy's putting in like a really, really top class performance. I really thought he was just leading from the front, you know, the front man of the press, the spearhead of the press. And that's what he gives you. Like, I know his finishing, obviously we're going to, everyone's going to talk about the missed chances, you know, but I don't think Michael come out of that game being devastated with, Connor Washington's performance. I think he'll actually be really happy with Connor. And if Connor keeps playing football at club level, he's just gonna. He's, I think it's just gonna be a simple decision for Michael to put him back in. Mm. You know, I just think he, to me, he keeps placing the team after that performance because I think he was really good. And I had the other perspective, you know, the perspective of seeing everything he was doing on the pitch. Obviously, you had a different kind of angle. You were in the cop mm. watching it, but we both agree mm-hmm. that Connor was great. Yeah. And it's. I think it's so unfair to single him out if anyone is. I don't mm-hmm. think that many people will. Single amount because I think we, you know we're going to be quite common sense. You know, have some common sense yeah, no, about of it. Course, yeah. But yeah, I thought Connor was was great, and it would be so harsh to, to criticize him just too much for those for those chances. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It is just one of those things. You miss it, he falls over. You know, for that for that second yeah. chance. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about the chances. I, I I think the first one. I think people are being harsh on him for the first one. Like yeah, it's a, good goalkeeping. You know, it's good goalkeeping. He has well. to take it straight away. It is a good save. It's not yeah. like. It's not like Connor hit it straight at him. It's, you yeah. know, it, it's not like it hit Neuer. Neuer makes yeah. a save there. He saves it with his left hand. Yeah. You know, it is on target. You yeah. know, he, it's just a lesser keeper, and that you know that would have gone in. We'd be yeah. talking about a great finish, but it wasn't a sitter. It wasn't a sitter. And people are talking about his first touch, but again, it's an instinctive touch. He doesn't know the ball's coming right to him. Yeah. You know, he's probably he could be thinking about anything. Yeah. I know it's one of those things. It's kind of hard to control the ball perfectly in that situation. So that maybe that's the only thing I'd say in that chance. Maybe the touch could be better, but. I mean, Norris just stood. I mean, Norris is massive, and he stood up there, and he's done brilliantly. To, he's close the angle. It's it's not easy for him. That's great one. save. The only thing you could maybe say is, could he take it around him? I haven't maybe. actually seen it back. I, d- I just, don't know. I think Norris just. He's probably he's not going to do that. You yeah, know, trying it, to take it around Neuer to me yeah. it just seems like something that doesn't go through a forward's mind okay, half the yeah. time. He's just such a big guy. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. yeah, especially the form Washington's in. He's not yeah, scoring totally, a ton yeah. of goals at club level. Yeah. Uh, the second one, the second one is a bit of a worse miss. So Dallas, great play down the right, whips it in. Neuer actually makes a bit of a mistake, and he's like, he, he's just he's just off balance. It's one of those things, you know. It's. <laughs> 
It's heartbreaking, man. Yeah. Watching watching him fall over. I, I couldn't believe it. And you do you did get the feeling straight after that that we're gonna regret it. I know. And we did, I so. know. You just have to take those. But I think you know a credit to Dallas. Can I just say as well for those for those deliveries? I mean, all game I, I saw him fizzing in balls on the right, like really really brilliant crosses. It's just he's just proven that he's actually a fullback he by trade. Right no, like he said that himself. He said that himself. He's doing it obviously at a club level with Leeds. He's a fullback, man. Yeah. This guy's great at, at that position. Yeah. So fair play to Dallas on that one. But yeah, heartbreaking about that Washington miss. That and that's encouraging one. as well because we, we've talked a lot about the importance of fullbacks as well. Uh, we, we are, I do keep wanting to talk about Washington, by the way, yeah. but just because you've mentioned the fullbacks, yeah. like the importance of those fullbacks. I mean, we, we look at, look at you look at that maybe two years ago when we were playing Conor McLaughlin, who's not getting a game at Millwall, and we're playing Chris Brunt, who's, who obviously was, was a really good left-back and gave us a lot. He was, yeah. was a really good footballer and gave us yeah. a lot, but wasn't like a left-back himself, yeah. and he retired. So if you were looking at that maybe a year or two ago, you'd think that situation was looking bleak. You know, we could be playing two potential League One championship-level fullbacks, and that could be... Well, certainly it's somewhere where... Which is a worry when you have a lot of the ball against, yeah. like, Estonia's Belarus's, because you're not having that outlet. You're not you're going to have, like, a, a great cross whip yeah. in. But we've brought in, like, Jamal Lewis, who I, I personally... I th- I think is definitely a shout for man of the match. Yeah, I, think he's I, mean, brilliant. I don't know how he came across on the TV, but it was just seemed like any time you know we were under a bit of pressure, even like ridiculously awkward balls out towards him, and yeah. he just control it and he take it down. So and he was, composed. Yeah. he is the most composed left back. <laughs> honestly, that I feel like I've ever seen for it's, us. It's, I'm not even joking. I think he's brilliant, man. I it's, think he's it's, it's unbelievable. Like he's yeah. that guy, and we don't watch Norwich every week. But if he's yeah. playing like that for Norwich, he's gonna get he's gonna get yeah. a move to. I mean, you look at. You, even like the likes of Manchester United mm. or yeah, yeah, a lot of teams moved, are yeah. scrambling for left backs yeah. there's not a lot of like world really class left backs in the world yeah. and I'm not saying Jamal Lewis is a world class left back he's yeah. far from it but he has the potential like mm. to really be honestly like one of the best defenders ever ever to yeah, play for us the way he's going I mean, that yeah. guy's is he what 21, 22 like years 21, 22. old 22 remember he was emerging and like we saw like a raw talent there but now I feel like he's improved so much mm-hmm. over the course of like the year he's just got so much better obviously Norwich you know he's probably high in confidence there so yeah, delighted with with Jamal again. I thought he, I thought he was incredible. I thought Dallas was incredible, and it's it's so inc- it's just like fullbacks. It's, it's so important. Like I know for you, you were saying yeah, last season, being a Manchester that, United yeah. fan, you know, it's so frustrating when you have two yeah. fullbacks. You look at the, the Pep Guardiola's first season. I don't want to talk about the Premier League too much, yeah. but Pep Guardiola's first season in the Premier League when he had like Sanya and Cliche, these like older fullbacks who weren't offering much, and. He went and he's got a bit of stick for it, but he spent what 200, 300 money, million yeah. on fullbacks. Yeah. And that was just because, you know, every the tactic against Man City became, you know, if you can squeeze them in midfield and you can squeeze the center halves and you make sure nothing gets passed, yeah. just let the fullbacks have it because yeah. they didn't have the quality. And it's so important in games, you know, in games certainly where you have less of the ball, or where you have more of the ball, sorry to have fullbacks who can give you an outlet. And as, as we saw yesterday, like important to have them there yeah. with quality. They're just two fullbacks who are good footballers yeah. and they have quality. And both of them, I think Stuart Dallas, if Leeds get promoted, is capable of playing the Premier yeah. League. He's at a good age. 100%. Jamal Lewis is every inch a Premier League player. And like that's just brilliant for us. Well, we talk about fullbacks a lot on this podcast and we have done and we mentioned how important they are in the modern game. And I think just to finish the, on the fullbacks, I think it's an absolute testament to the pair of them that they can come out of the Germany game as contenders for man of the match. A game against Germany, with all that quality they have in the wide channels, mm-hmm. they can come out with their heads held high and as a potential like men of the match. I think that's incredible. Yeah. Like testament to how far they've come as fullbacks. Completely agree. And just to finish up in Washington, we've got a bit sidetracked there. There's just one last point I want to make, and that is that in the preview podcast that we recorded before this game, we said our only concern with Washington would be that maybe Michael would want a bigger lad up there who can hold the ball up or supposedly hold the ball up a bit better. But Connor Washington, I feel, has shown tonight that. He's certainly the best option against lesser teams. 
because of the the pace and behind he can give you you know the, the the quality that he has but also if you need somebody to hold the ball up he is more than capable of doing that job despite his size and i think for me if he's playing football he's our striker yeah i don't me. think there's any sacrifice in in playing him over one of the other Definitely two or three options I, there's no sacrifices made there in my opinion Anyone, anyone else sort of standouts you want to talk about before we come on to talk about the substitutes? So we've mentioned the two fullbacks. Yeah. We've waxed lyrical about them. What? We've talked about Washington. Yeah. Midfield, Corey Evans, we've touched on him yeah. as well. You, we haven't really talked I, about McNair. No, I know? liked McNair yeah. first half. I think, I, I, you know, I mentioned you before we got on here and recorded. I thought McNair's first half. I mean, this. I thought he looked better. than He was looking like a prime cross yeah. first half. I mean, some of the deliveries... He's just really testing these really bending deliveries from the right-hand side. We know he's got a good delivery on him as it is. Mm-hmm. Not just that, is off the ball, you know, on the ball, his dribbling, his link-up, his passing was all just flawless first half. I thought he was really, really energetic. I think there was only one corner that went to the first man, you know, and that, that was yeah. the only thing I could say that was bad about Paddy's first half performance. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And I, I, I just think he's one of our shining lights. I think he's so good. I love Paddy McNair. Yeah. And I'm so glad he's playing regular club football in midfield. And there was a bit of a concern for us. Like when he came through at United, I mean, he was so young and he was playing sort of out of position. He was yeah. playing fullback, he was playing centre half, he was playing yeah. centre midfield. And sort of he went to he went to Sunderland for a bit and then became a bit of a, a joke figure you know people a lot of people were sort of mocking him a lot as well yeah and then he went to Middlesbrough and Tony Pulis didn't rate him for whatever reason maybe it's Tony Pulis's management ability mm, could be um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, so obviously he's come in this season he's actually playing in midfield albeit in the place of George Savile which isn't great but yeah. we you know we can't pick and choose we want a Paddy yeah. McNair playing yeah um, he's in great that guy's, form though that guy's that, what, what age is he 23, 24 I think McNair's about 24 24 yeah, I'd say. so that's you yeah. know again future Premier League player yeah. definitely for me if he can keep up yeah. Yeah, big time in form. midfield as well. Like yeah. that's it. That's you, it's so clear to me now that that's why he wanted to play there. I'm a United fan, and it all makes sense now why he wanted to play midfield while he was at United. He's, you know, he's too good at football. That's his position. That is his position. Yeah, hundred percent. And just if you look at the team around it, we'll talk about Peacock Farrell as well because he made some really good saves. Yeah, he's been. We've been very. We we like Peacock Farrell. We think you know we have to stick with this young guy. Yeah, and um, we're not a, we're not a fan of the movies made to Burnley, but you know a, lo- a lot of people are quite critical of him and even conversations around the ground you hear people are saying, you know, I'm not convinced by this Billy Peacock Farrell, I'm not convinced by this young keeper, but first of all, who else do you play? And second of all, this guy's won us two matches in qualifying so far. Yeah. He won literally. us the game uh, against uh in Belarus, yeah. uh, at home to Belarus. Yeah, Belarus yeah. Um and there was another there was another tight game with he, he made a saves, massive man. save. And last last saves. night, you know, if we if we got a one-all, which we easily quite could have and maybe deserved, you could argue, yeah. despite no stats show we had, you know, such, so little possession and yeah. so many little shots. But I would say one-all, Germany could have had no problems with that. And we'd yeah. be talking about, you know, a guy who has saved us again, got us another point and potentially taken us on yeah. another step to a championship. Yeah. So I think the thing about Bailey, like, it, it, I think his shot stopping is, it, it you know, speaks for itself. It's brilliant shot stopper. I think just some people might critique maybe his, his distribution, his kicking, because sometimes he can be a bit wayward. But, I mean, this, this guy's still young. Do you know what I mean? Like, this, this is a young keeper. It's really nice that we're having faith in a young keeper and we're, we're constantly playing him. And he's just going to keep playing for us because I think he's really had not... He's, there's no reason to drop him. I mean, a couple of wayward kicks, that's not a reason to drop the yeah, guy. He's made some brilliant, crucial saves. I, I, noticed about, I know his, his distribution, okay, in terms of, like, picking out the fullback for, you know, yeah. a 50-yard pass may not yeah. be the best, but... In terms of his actual like kicking up the field, yeah. you know, he, oh, he always fine, gets yeah. a really good connection. Yeah. And the thing I notice is either foot as well. Like I didn't, I don't really know if he's right or left footed. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking you? at a pass back and I'm seeing somebody closing him down. I'm thinking, oh, is he right or left here? Yeah. And no matter what, he's he always, he always gets a good it. kick on it. You know, and that's just something that will come as well. You know, yeah. especially if he 
starts playing. He's he's playing in a Premier League team. Of course, he's nowhere near the side right now. But if he does get games in the Premier League, that's something he will have to develop, and that's something he will develop at you know at a good club. Yeah, uh, you know, stable, fairly secure. They're going to be in the Premier League every year, Burnley. So, um, just as a whole, I think you know you're looking. You'd looked three or four years ago, certainly like six years ago when we were losing to Luxembourg, Azerbaijan, whatever, playing guys like Michael O'Connor, Ryan McGivern, you know, they, they, you just looked at that and you thought, where is the youth coming through here? Yeah. Where where are the young players? And, yeah. you know, you, you were putting all your eggs into one Paddy McNair-shaped basket because yeah. he came out of nowhere to get to get games at United in the yeah. Premier League. You look at this team now, you know, we've got Peacock Farrell, uh, Jamal Lewis, yeah. Paddy McNair, um, other guys, Gavin White coming yeah, through, coming Paul through, Smith. Yeah. These guys are all all people you can see in the future in their prime playing Premier League football. Mm. And that's like so encouraging for us. And I thought, you know, with the likes of Gareth McCauley retiring, with the likes of Aaron Hughes, Johnny Evans, D- Steve Davis aren't getting any younger. I was a bit worried and I was wondering after 2016, you know, are we going to revert to type, especially yeah. if Michael goes? But now I'm a bit like, no, I there's think optimism. this is this is the new Northern Ireland. This is yeah. a new norm for Northern Ireland. Yeah, there's a new look. Yeah, and I'm very excited for it. It's, it feels really good to have some really good youth coming through because we asked these questions years ago as fans. I remember talking to you about it years ago, like long before we started recording this podcast, about those problems with youth. You know, what's going to come through? Where, where's the future? What's the future hold for Northern Ireland post Euros? You know, but I think there is a real bright future there, you know, big time. 100%. And of course, we have brought some players in from England. John yeah. Jones, George Savile, Jamal Lewis. Well, Jamal Lewis came through the youth setup, so youth I, we setup. can claim him as ours, I'm fairly sure. Yeah. But. We've also developed some of our own players, and I think at this, you know, because we're such a such a small country, such a small pool of players, um, you know, I think we can, um, I think we have to do a bit of mixing and matching with that. We have to sort of take what we can yeah. from other countries who players who aren't aren't good enough to play for England or whatever, and also develop ourselves. And I think you know that that's not that's not something that comes about overnight. That's something that, to be fair, to the, like the IFA, that's something over like 10, 15 years, they've had to have a new setup, a new way of developing players, and they've done that. And now we reap the rewards. Yeah. And, you know, we've got a horrendous, we've had a horrendous draw on this group. And as we'll talk about later, we probably are going to have to go through a playoff now, bar a couple, a string of miraculous results for us, which, which I don't think we're incapable of. But if you look at, you know, a playoff would probably get, be against one of those teams you'd say are at a similar level to us, a Hungary, a Finland. Um, uh, um, Albania. I don't. Albania is lower down than us, but yeah. you know, te- teams of that ilk. You know, where you play Czech Republic, and in any of those games with those players that we have, I would back us. Big I time. would seriously back us. Big time. Okay, the substitutes. Um, so the first one, um, is Gavin White. I he came on, and I thought, like, I thought uh, that was an absolute breath of fresh air for us. Yeah. Who did he? Who did he come on for again? I've I've gone blank. Who did Gavin White come on for? Um, so there was there was Washington McGinn. Did he come on for one of the midfielders? <laughs> I, can't, I can't even remember who he came on for. It might, I, I think, think it, was, it was Savile, actually. I think it was Savile. Yeah, yeah it was Savile. Was I think it? you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. I think okay. it was George Savile. And he came we're gonna, on. We're going to edit that out. Yeah, we're going to look at that. that like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. I th- when he came on, it was just, like you yeah. say, total spark of energy straight away. So Corey went in the midfield and he went yeah. on, on the and right. And he went on to the right. Yeah. And, and the link up with Dallas was like, I, w- I was in disbelief. It was an unbelievable pairing. Like they were just linking up so well. These little quick short passes around the corner. They had no idea what was going on. Like Gavin White was getting so much joy down there. So, like, fair put, Gavin White, great introduction to the game. I thought it was a really positive change for Michael. For his half-hour performance there, I mean, his delivery as well was, was good. Delivery I mean, was good. It was totally fluffed, but, you know, there were there were tests and deliveries. He was yeah. winning corners. And as you say, that link up with that, uh, with with, uh, with Dallas was, was just great to see. Yeah. And for me, the th- I'm, I'm not going to lie, I, when I saw Gavin White going to Cardiff, 
I really was I as I said in the podcast, I was trying to be upbeat about it as possible. We yeah. did our transfer roundup. I wasn't sure this guy was going to get games in the championship for a team that is potentially looking to uh, to get in the playoffs to get yeah. back in the Premier League. You know that that's a that's a, a Premier League team or Premier League ground. You know they they could they wouldn't look out of place. They potentially could have stayed in the Premier League last year. And I just thought, no, Gavin, you know what? Just do another year at Oxford. You scored seven goals, five assists, which isn't a bad return. But try and get that up to double figures next year, and then maybe we can talk about moving to the Championship. Yeah, big time. And the first couple of games, the Cardiff fans weren't overly impressed by him. But the last couple, he's actually been really good for them, really energetic. Um, he's been playing every week. And I know there's been injuries to the likes of Mendes, Lang or whatever. And maybe in a full-strength team, if Cardiff were in a, a crunch game, maybe Gavin quite wouldn't, wouldn't quite be there yet. Yeah. But that guy's showing he's certainly capable of being a championship player and yeah. his performance when he came on I mean there was one there was one where he uh, he takes the ball and absolutely roasts is it Halstenberg or whatever <laughs> yeah, Halstenberg, yeah, down yeah, the left back, yeah, and, and, and put the ball in is it for Dallas and yeah, Dallas sort of yeah, drags him wide yeah, yeah. and that was our big chance in the second yeah. half that he created for himself and I just thought that was again such a positive change for Michael yeah. fair enough playing Corey there some people could have thought that was a bit conservative when they came through obviously it didn't work out like that mm-hmm. but putting somebody on like that and I mean what for what we saw against Luxembourg obviously we were both at the Luxembourg game and Gavin White didn't have like too much joy down that no, left hand side no. but what I always I noticed is like he was tracking back and yeah. he was making tackles and yeah. pinching the ball and I thought that's encouraging because if for like these bigger games coming up if we are pl- going to play a Gavin White mm-hmm. on the right he's going to have to do that he's going to have to track his yeah, fullbacks because these massive these world class nations have fullbacks who want to attack all the time Yeah, but you know, it's, it's going forward and going backwards and he just offered like more energy, more energy into that press and it was just a perfect sub when we needed it. Yeah, I, I yeah, 100%. I'd say that's a 10 out of 10 change for Michael. It was needed in the game. We needed just that extra breath, breath of energy, you know, fresh legs and he delivered it perfectly. I, th- I think he's an option now yeah. looking forward. I, I, I like if, if you look at playing Holland away next, like would you be averse to starting him? I would I not be. If, if he's going to you know, show that he's going to track back like he did against Luxembourg, I think he's trying to prove a point to Michael there, then I don't see why you know he, he wouldn't play. He, I think he's got a great chance yeah. of playing if he's going to do that. Yeah, And he can, he can offer us the energy. Just uh, the only question would be tactically, you know, if we need to push the midfield again, is he... Has he got the sort of tactile brain at a young age to know yeah. when to press, when the to press, come out? Yeah, it's a I don't know, Warnock, uh, I, I watched a bit of a Cardiff, Cardiff game recently and Warnock was in his ear the whole time, you know, just telling him what to do and where to be. And I thought, I oh, know he's going to slaughter him in this interview afterwards here, but he's actually really positive about him. So mm. uh, whatever you think about Neil Warnock, he is a tactical manager. Yeah, he is. Um, you look at, at Cardiff, I think they, they've like one of the lowest possession averages in the championship certainly did in the in the Premier League last year so he's playing a team that's not going to have a ton of the ball and especially in these next few games that's going to be similar to the way we're playing and certainly that's an option for us Gavin White yeah perfect so yeah we mentioned that impact. we mentioned that in the transfer podcast like we talked about the system he's going to play the kind of football and we said in these upcoming games it might just be the right fit and I think we're starting to get proven right maybe a little bit on that mm-hmm. just in his uh, cameo mm-hmm. appearance there yeah the other subs, uh, not so great for me. Now, I can understand what Michael's doing when he brings Josh McGuinness on. Josh McGuinness is a guy who we've talked about is, is now an impact sub for Northern Ireland. Uh, we saw him come on against Belarus, get the winner, uh, offer a lot of pace and strength and yeah. really sort of bullying tired legs of defenders. We saw him come on against Estonia and get a couple of goals. Um, but I just think that sub sort of killed us a bit, like in terms of that, that front three. And I get it, you know you're just hoping for that chance to fall but we didn't really create much of a chance when he came on I knew the rest of the team were knackered but I did think that sub killed us a bit there and yeah. I don't think that was I can understand where he's coming from but I think it was maybe like a 
an emotional substitution. Mm. Like this guy, oh, it's a fairy tale story. This guy's yeah. our impact sub, he's our super sub. Whereas maybe just putting somebody on with a bit with a bit of energy, you know, like a maybe even a Shane Lavery on the left or something yeah. kept Washington up there. I know Washington was not. He good. was totally gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what what did you think of that that sub then? Okay, For me, yeah. it, I just couldn't see offered. It just anything. fell a bit flat. I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, you just get the likes of like Nick Sula just kind of marking him out of the game, and then she just becomes a bit void. It doesn't really offer you too much in in that regard. So I'm not surprised that Josh McGinnis has come on against Germany and offered nothing. I just think it was maybe a bit of a, a strange substitution in that regard. I don't know if Michael was hoping for the old prestigious long throw yeah. that we mentioned <laughs> <laughs> that we mentioned in the in the preview podcast, but. Um, I mean, no, we didn't see anything from Josh, and I've maybe been proving a little bit wrong on Josh. You yeah. know, I think I think ultimately he is an impact sub for us, and is he even that great of an impact sub? That's the question mark now. You know, against bigger teams, against bigger not. teams, probably not. Um, yeah, that that's there's nothing really I can I can actually add, add to that. that. Yeah, the thing, like the thing the thing about Josh McGuinness is he, he's everywhere he's sort of played. The, the fans have have not really liked him too yeah. much. He's 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 a frustrating guy, and to be fair. If my, Michael's, you know, Michael might sit here and say, if I don't make that third substitution and we lose that game one nil, everyone's saying great performance, but Michael, why didn't you stick Josh on as our impact sub? And that you know that is that is fair enough, and I can I can completely see where he's coming from. So I don't want to overly criticize Michael for that, but yeah, you know if we just sort of kept the shape as it was with two sort of out and out wide players, I know Corey Corey didn't start. He's not he's or Corey started. He's not an out and out wide player, but White was having joy. If we maybe and there's, there weren't a lot of options really, but if we just stuck someone with a bit of bit of energy, with a bit of pace there, and McGinnis does have that, but it's just it's just he shows it in a different way. Yeah, he um, does. And yeah. you know there was a long ball where he, he won a header and we couldn't quite get a control of it, yeah. but it's it's just a tough one. I mean, if we're you know one nil down to Holland, last ten minutes in in Rotterdam, I wouldn't be on in, in any rush to yeah. get that guy on honestly, no. and that's paradoxical to what we've said yeah, previously. He ne- yeah, he never really gets into like fifth gear in terms of movement, in terms of speed. Like, so what you're relying on in that case is his technique, and he doesn't. He's, his technique's not brilliant. No. We know that he's a limited player again in that case. So, yeah, I think looking forward into these next ones, he might not be the option as an impact yeah. sub. But I mean, it's again, it's Germany. You know, he came on. It you know, it's one of those things. But like, if you're gonna bring him on as an impact sub against a Virgil Van Dijk, mm-hmm. again. Might just be played out of the game. Probably has to be up against a lesser nation or yeah. even a nation of a similar level to us. You know, yeah, it has a to playoff be. game. Like, you know, in a tight nil-nil, you could bring him on and against sort of lesser yeah. defenders, playing lower, not lower league level, but lower top tier yeah. level. If you know what I mean. Not against you know Bayern Munich guys. Yeah, and, you no. know, he just they just see this guy and they're just like you know we can deal with this fairly yeah. easily. If you just bring him on against Ukraine every week or something, that might yeah. be all right. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, just imagine, imagine, he, imagine he, imagine he, he didn't go to the corner. And Dallas missed that and they got the other end of the score. And at the time, no. like nobody liked McGinnis. No, no really. Well, apart we did get the goals against Greece, but yeah. nobody was convinced on him. Like that oh, was something don't that even, endeared him. You know, don't even say that. You know, like like a week later. I was playing Hollywood Football Club, the team I play for, and yeah. there was a guy. We were literally th- not a week later. Sorry, it was like at the start of the next season, a month or two later. Yeah, uh, there was a guy, and this is a complete tangent, but uh, he we were three two up, and he had the ball, and he he'd just come off the bench, and he was trying to make a he was trying to make a, an, an impression on the manager, <laughs> and he got the ball, and everyone was screaming, "Get in the in corner, get to the get corner. In the corner, <laughs> corner, corner!" I was screaming it as like an eighteen year old with no authority in the team. Yeah. Um, and he whipped it in, and it was right on the guy's head, and the guy yeah. missed it. 
straight in the keeper's arms yeah. and the keeper just hoofed it up and they scored and they scored oh and my and everyone's giving him so much stick and like the thing I said to him was like Josh McGinnis didn't go in the corner a couple of, a couple yeah, weeks ago and, and is the hero yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah, you know yeah. fine marks <laughs> <laughs> anyway that was a complete tangent how long, how long have we done have a time to talk about playoffs have I uh, very, if you very quickly want to mention playoffs yeah mm-hmm. might, I think it might be worth mentioning yeah, what, what time ahead. are we on there do you know we're on to probably 30 minutes nearly okay you know, I'll be yeah, 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 I'm 30 minutes, that's 35 minutes. I was just checking what we had yeah. blabbered, blabbered on for hours nice or whatever um, good stuff so we're now in a in the context of this group now so it's hard it's hard to give like a a definitive we need to do this to win because like Holland have still got to go to Belarus and but if we do what you know if we can make this assumption that Germany and Holland are going to beat Estonia and Belarus home and away which they probably are I mean Belarus away is going to be a tough game for Holland we're like Fingers crossed they can do something there, and um, but if they if they do um, beat uh, Estonia and Belarus, so they'll both have eighteen points from uh from possible. Sorry, Germany will have eighteen points from possible twenty one. Yeah, with us still to play, and Holland will have fifteen points from possible eighteen with us still to play home and away. We'll be on twelve points. We'll still to play all four. So that means that, okay, so four points against Holland, it guarantees us qualification no matter what, no right. matter what the context. Um, but they've played Germany twice. They can only get the twelve points against. Uh, they can only get their twelve points against uh, Estonia and Belarus. Yeah. Three more points against Germany's fifteen. That's the maximum they can have before they play us. Mm-hmm. So four points against Holland would leave us both on sixteen, and would give us a better head-to-head record. So yeah. regardless, so yeah. four points. If we can get a draw out there and beat them at Windsor, or beat oh, them out there and easy. hold them at Windsor, easy, simple yeah. job. But we would be three mathematically. There is no way that we cannot qualify yeah. if we get four points. So we're still right in this. You know this. Uh, from a, from a mathematical point of view, and I'm a mathematician, yeah. uh, you know, I'm I'm not a, you know, <laughs> so I'm thinking of it like that. But yeah, to get four points from them, it's going to be so difficult. But you know, if we if we can get a draw out there, just yeah. all I ask for is like a big Windsor night. Yeah, now that you, know? you say it, draw out there, and then Washington, Nutmeg, and Van Dyke <laughs> at Windsor. Yeah, I can see it. And then blazing the sky. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I, at the end of the day, there this chance is still there, as yeah. gloomy as we can be about the fact that you know. Germany went and lost to Holland in Germany and then we went and lost to Germany at home. You know, as gloomy as we can be about that, there is still a chance that we can automatically qualify. Let's not just only think about playoffs, of yeah. course, because this group is still alive. Yeah. As you know, we're as, as tough Holland. as it, we're still ahead of Holland. With and even if they win their game in hand, yeah. we're still at level and yeah. Holland. And I know everyone's just gonna be thinking, okay, you know, you know, Holland are just gonna fly up, they're gonna beat us twice or whatever. You know, but that's not the way you should think about it. When the group is still open like this and we're still ahead of, of a team that we're saying, you know, is gonna finish top or whatever, or second. You know, the, the group's still open. There, there's no reason to be to be gloomy about it. You know, the playoffs there is an option, but first is obviously these these next three games. Like that's that's what comes first. There is another way we can qualify. So before this game, if we if we took four points from either nation, but it had to be against like the same nation, so it had to be four points against Germany or four points against Holland, we would have qualified. We can't do that ahead of Germany now, uh, unless they bottle against Estonia away or some ridiculous, which isn't going to happen. No. Um. Then you know we could have, but. Now we have to. We either have to take four points off Holland, or if we lose one game to Holland, we need to win the other two, uh, you know, against Holland and Germany, and then we come down to our goal difference in the games against Germany and Holland. Right. Okay. In from that respect, that second goal might hurt us a bit last night, but for me, you know, that's not something Michael could have ever taken into account. You know, the, the first of all, the chances of us going to Germany and getting a win and beating Holland are so unlikely anyway that you know you have to be thinking let's get a point in this game we can currently get a point in rather than thinking about potential consequences of goal difference or whatever no, yeah so, it's the wrong way to think so about it. you know we're not we're not going to qualify we're not going to i don't think we're going to do it that way i don't think we're going to get six points you know against holland germany 
um in any case to bring it down to goal difference but you know in any case we're not gonna we're not gonna get that because Germany put two past us. Holland have got two against Germany. You know these guys are just gonna these guys are gonna score goals. And you know yeah. if we if we 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 could lose to Holland four 0 quite easily yeah. right there, and that would be happen. qualification automatically done. Yeah. So I mean that's just, that's just interesting. Well, how, how do you think Michael sets up? Just briefly, just from a very general point of view, because we don't want to go into too much details. But in Holland, has to get a point. I sometimes think the worst thing you can tell Michael O'Neill is a points a points result. enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know I think that's sometimes like the worst thing. Yeah. But you surely know from last night that that's the approach. That's how we can get a point off these teams. Yeah. Well, I don't think personnel-wise, away to Holland, I wouldn't change too much from the from that um, Windsor Park game against Germany. I I play something very similar. I mean, obviously Jordan Jones will probably be available. Possibly. Yeah. Um, There's rumors he's out for the season. Though. Right. Okay. There's rumors for a month, a season. He hasn't been included in the Rangers Europa right. League squad, but that could be Jared taking a huff at him for what he came on and did. Yeah. You just don't know these things. Well, look, ultimately, so. if he is out, then it just there's a bit less of a headache. You know, just play again a very similar team. You can maybe in- incorporate Gavin White in there if you if you like to from the start. Again, that might be a little bit of a risk that Michael might not take, knowing Michael. Mm-hmm. Just he might not want to do that from the start. Or he might see him as an impact sub. And Could see him as an impact say, sub. Yeah, play Corey out there, yeah. do what you do for 60 minutes Again. and then bring this guy and that is a positive. that is, I guess, a positive mindset yeah. as well to have on, in terms of impact subs. I wouldn't, honestly, mate, based on the performance I saw there, I'm so proud of how those guys played that I genuinely would not change basically anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. do you injuries know what I mean? A, a way to, a way to Holland. Yeah. Injuries barn, I would not change it because yeah. I thought there was an understanding there the press seems to be acknowledged by everyone in the team. It mm-hmm. seems that they all understood the game plan of Michael. You know, I, I, I would not change much at all, mate, going into a, a game away at Holland. I, I still think that that side can go out there and really put in a good display. I really do. 100% agree with you. Uh, if we aren't going to qualify, which uh, for, automatically from the group, which looks increasingly likely now, don't worry. We are almost guaranteed a, a playoff now because I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but... Basically, the playoff, people are talking about, oh, if we can get third, it's actually nothing to do with coming third. We could finish fifth in this group with no points, and we'd still have the exact same chance of getting a playoff as if we finished third on goal difference and just lose out after two miraculous victories against Holland and Germany or whatever. We are guaranteed a playoff now. Not, not sorry, not, not mathematically guaranteed, but highly, highly likely. So, basically, what happens is, so there, in the Nations League, there were 12 teams in League A split into four groups, 12 teams in League B. We like bottled it so hard that we were so yeah, bad. We had a shocking one that we were, we're ranked twenty fourth. So the twelve teams in League A are naturally ranked above us, and the eleven other teams in League B picked up more points than us. So basically, what we need is sixteen of the twenty three teams that finished above us to qualify automatically. Now, if you look at some of those groups, um, you know there's some groups with three three teams that are ranked above us in the Nations League, um, so two of those are definitely going to qualify like you look at the Republic of Ireland's group Republic of Ireland Denmark Switzerland Georgia Gibraltar any of Denmark Switzerland or the Republic finish in the top two then that's two of those 16 automatically there's there's three or four groups like that guaranteed then you're looking at the likes of Spain Portugal Italy who are going to qualify they're going to finish in the top two of of their groups Um, there are a couple of teams below us you know who are in with a chance there's uh, the likes of um, is it is it Austria? Oh, Austria Austria finished above us. Sorry, there's like Israel are having a really good campaign okay, yeah. down in League C. But we need we need five teams like in League C with like you know Armenia, Israel to qualify to finish top two. So it's it's looking so unlikely at the minute. Mm-hmm. And right now I think we're you know we're pretty much guaranteed that. So from that sort sort of perspective, because we're ranked so low, our semi final is pretty much guaranteed to be away from home. That you know that would be a that that is a concern for us because of you know how we tend to play and how we tend to set up away 
Um, and it's a one-off as well, so there's no chance to sort of get them back to Windsor and, no. and make up for it. So, really, what, what, from the and you can't really talk about it, you know, because we could get a horrible draw yeah, against have no idea. Portugal, who have messed up and finished third, or yeah. we could be playing, like, a Bosnia or even a Republic of Ireland, who we're, like, we're all more than capable of beating. Def- yeah. It's hard to know, but, like, would you be confident right now for a playoff? Personally, I would. Yeah, I don't see why not. In a one-off game, yeah. as you say, in a one-off game, I don't see... Semi-final and final. A semi-final and final, of yeah. course, but I don't see why not. You know, in, in a playoff situation, obviously, we we were kind of, you know, we took the short throw in terms of, you know, getting German and Holland in the first place. Yeah, maybe so we rode a bit of luck. Look, yeah, ultimately, if you say, if you told me before this group started that we would win the four games in, in the games we expected to win, you know, in, in those games against Estonia and Belarus, if we, if we won those games, mm-hmm. and then we were unlucky against Germany and Holland, I'd, and then we got a playoff. Yeah. I'd be to, I'd be so happy with that. that. I, yeah. Of course, I'll take that. You know, in a one-off game, I'll always take that. In a playoff, there's a chance. There's always a chance that we can go through. So, my answer is yes to that question. Mm-hmm. Put it simply, yeah, I take that. No, fully agree. And just just I just wanted to mention that because there has been like sort of a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of like discussion over whether we're guaranteed a playoff or not, and it's like so difficult to understand. Like I've tried to sit down and work it out by myself. Yeah, still don't fully understand it. But believe me, like we pretty much are guaranteed Brilliant. something like yeah, that, which is nice good one. because it's just another exciting game. It's another exciting thing to watch Northern Ireland, you know, in a poten- potentially qualifying for a for a major tournament. And that you know, that's all we can ask for. We we can't ask for guarantees. We can't ask for groups like we had in Euro twenty sixteen where uh, you know Greece and Romania are the best teams. You know, we're not gonna get that all the time. We're always just gonna be sort of trying to sneak in. And all I ask is for like big nights at Windsor. That's you know that's that's what I said. You know, if we can get twelve points against Estonia and Belarus, as we did, I was just saying, you know, a big night at Windsor, that sets up a big night at Windsor. That means I can go to Germany at home and like enjoy myself and you yeah. know, be nervous and whatever. Yeah, that that, that's all film. that's all it's a great feeling as football fans still being alive in the group in those games. That's the feeling we want that's what we wanted as fans of Northern Ireland, you know, and that's what we've been given. So hundred mm. percent. And you know, how many times have we sat at the end of a qualification campaign and it's been a complete dead rubber? Yeah, uh, there's been like three games. And you're just thinking, oh, I can't wait for the next one to start. Yeah, now in horrible feeling or whatever. Horrible watching another tournament, knowing that we were nowhere near qualifying. And yeah. you know, that's all Michael O'Neill. Michael O'Neill single-handedly has changed that himself. Yeah, um, and we we can only thank him for that. And we've big nights to come. We've got to go to Holland to get something uh, if we want to qualify from this group automatically. That's another big night. And in any case, you know, even if that last game in Germany is a dead rubber now, we've still probably got one and maybe even two playoffs. So. Big nights to come for Northern Ireland. Yep. Big podcasts to come. Big previews. Yep. Big re- reactions. So, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Anything nice else you want to say? No, nope, just looking forward to these nice games tonight. Because why not? There's yep. no reason to be Happy afraid days. and going to these games. Free hits. We're not expected to win. Yeah. So uh, we'll come back next time with the preview for the Holland game. Holland games in a month today as we yep. record this on the tenth of October. It's a Thursday night, so Can't probably wait. record that at the weekend. Get that one out yeah. when the squads out. Have a wee Can't chat about that. Uh, it's going to going to be an exciting one. So stay tuned for that one. Um, so that'll be out in about a month's time. We'll have a reaction to that game as well. If we play the Czech Republic, actually, a friendly mm-hmm. away uh, later on, so I'll just be another um, exper- a chance to get the guys yeah, some experience guys get or get that get that press gelled, get the get it perfect for a potential playoff or a potential game against Holland at home where Absolutely. we need to win. So all just very exciting. So just want to say thank you to everyone for tuning in. The Germany preview podcast did very well. A lot of people tuned into that for a bit of extra build up and hopefully we'll do for this one as well. So thank you uh, to everyone who's listened, who's subscribed, who's liked the Facebook page, who has shared it, who's told their mates. All of that. Thank you very much. Um, and thank you for listening to this one. So I'll see you again in a month for the preview for Holland uh, and have a good day. Bye bye. <laughs>